Today, I'm bringing to you a super brief history of the beginnings of the folk rock genre, which is a favorite of mine and many others. To me, folk rock is timeless, best done when it can be both independent and open to interpretation, and I love its balance between simple vocals and heavy backbeats. It's undoubtedly a mainstream genre now, here in 2020, and modern artists like Hosier, Fleet Foxes, and the Avett Brothers all have followings of fans well into the millions. I don't need you to come back to me I don't need another memory I don't need to make the world see that I'm not crazy Cause I'm happy being me the most When I let what makes me happy go And I finally learn what I need to know I'm happier with nothing So who paved the way for these big names? The answer to that begins in the late 1950s, when the mix between traditional American folk music and more contemporary styles was just beginning to take place. These early fusions are partially credited to Harry Belafonte, a New York City-born musical artist, actor, and producer who first became famous for his performances of folk and Caribbean folk songs, which are called calypsos. Belafonte, being a large advocate for the civil rights movement as well as an extreme musical talent, gave more depth to the genre as it began its revival in the early 60s. Belafonte provided an impetus for music as more than an emotional expression. It could also be a source of power and create a path for voices against outdated norms of the time. As folk rock is often traditionally known in part for its calls to action in issues of social and political justice, Belafonte's impact is indispensable to the genre's creation. Still, folk and rock were seen as two quite separate spaces. That is, until Belafonte in the early 60s played with a little-known harmonica player named Bob Dylan. Among Dylan's numerous musical contributions was a fateful 1965 festival performance in which he gave his simple, raspy songs an invigorating twist by accompanying them with an electric guitar. It's funny to realize this move actually sparked some debate at the time. Original folk fans were insistent on their genre's commitment to acoustics and liked its separation from the rapid developments of technology surrounding pop and rock. But for others, these sounds inspired a new way of playing traditional folk. Quick to experiment with it was LA-born 60s band The Birds. They wanted to play Dylan's songs to a British invasion-style sound and thus began recording what would come to be known as classic folk rock. Following this blueprint were other prominent figures, like Jefferson Airplane, the Mamas and the Papas, and Buffalo Springfield. Folk rock continued to gain popularity throughout the 60s, taking on importance as the sound of counterculture in terms of social reform, war opposition, sexual liberation, and more. At its height came the forever famous Woodstock Festival of 1969, where rock, folk, and resulting subgenres were at the top of their demand among the decade's youth. Folk rock's biggest names continued selling out albums and concert tickets throughout the 70s until the rise of the more digital, or perhaps some would say synthy, sound of the 80s. Still, variations of the genre gave way to psych rock, 
as seen with The Grateful Dead, and later, everyone's favorite nostalgic 90s and 2000s alt-indie bands. Folk rock has left a lasting impression on us into the current decade, and whether that was inflicted upon you by your classic rock dad or not, it's undeniably impressive that we're still talking about songs that were released 40 and even 50 years ago or more. Over time, the genre's sound has been transformed and modernized, and as a result, I believe there's less emphasis on it being totally free from music's ever-evolving digital enhancements. Still, though, the deeper lyrics behind simple vocals and resounding guitar and drums are staples of folk rock's unfading charm. Thanks for joining me on this brief background into the beginning of folk rock, and I hope you feel like you've learned a little more about the genre. If nothing else, maybe you can use it as a topic of conversation the next time you encounter someone's dad or someone else who prides themselves on only listening to real music. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Music Monday brought to you by KCSU-FM, and have a great week.